0: The Jeep Talk Show is proudly sponsored by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. For over 20 years, there's just one name that's known all over over all others for having the best driveline upgrades there are. Head over to their site today, 4xshaft.com, to start upgrading your Jeep now. Oh,
1: and check that purchase when it arrives for a bright, shiny new Jeep Talk Show sticker. Uh, we got to send them more stickers. I, I found out we only had about 25 left. So you guys get, oh, your, wow. get your orders in if you want to get one of those free stickers.
2: You're listening to a 4 x 4 4 Radio Network Podcast.
1: Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. G-talk show. With Tammy on Wrangler, <laughs> Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in.
2: And Grace break your
0: well, Tony, it sounds like you may be the winner of our unofficial wager.
1: Oh, you mean the one where you have to wear pantyhose to the next big Jeep event?
3: Uh, <laughs> Tony, I think he was referring to who's going to get their transfer case in first. Right, Josh?
0: Yeah, that's the one. Uh, well, this guy probably doesn't have room for a spare transfer case in his Jeep right now, calling all the way from the African wilderness Dan Grek is going to be checking in with us in just a little while for an update on his epic overland journey.
1: Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I know, Tammy. (laughs) Your heart's all a (laughs) flutter. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world.
3: It's
0: This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Shopping online lately? I bet you didn't know that it only takes one click to help support the show. Head over to JeepTalkShow.com the next time you're buying something online. Just click the Amazon button there on the main page and we'll get a small kickback from anything you purchase there. It's how we bring you new content all the time, so be sure to tell a friend about it too, or just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash
1: Amazon. Hey, thanks in advance. Hey, Josh, Tammy, uh, you want a little inside information here about Amazon?
0: Oh, no. They're, 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 they're shutting us down. They said, no
1: more Jeep Talk Show for you. Here's a name that you'll, uh, you'll both rec- recognize, Dusty L. Dunn. Woo, oh yeah, you, no, he's been a fan of the show for a long time That and the, the old uh, Now defunct uh, Tony and Josh show Well he gave us some really uh, ra- Raunchy stuff for that show But anyway, uh, Dusty uh, a- Asked me to check the Amazon thing And I went over there and looked And uh, Dusty has purchased A rear bumper for his uh, JK And it's, that had to come with a pretty Pretty penny cost Poison, poison spider, you know the name uh, I-, I hope Uh, Dusty doesn't mind me mentioning, or maybe his wife will hear and not like it.
3: Oh, God.
1: You're going to get him in trouble. $1,600 for this beautiful rear bumper with tire carrier. That's a hell of a bumper. And you know, he remembered us before he went and made his purchase at Amazon. Dusty, done. We're getting a dollar. We're going to get a dollar from that purchase. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: guy, it just goes to show. I mean, like I, I think we got what $5 off of a of a CD box at one time that was like, you know, you know, 60, 80 bucks, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, a, a, you know, $2500 $1, $2 TV, $1600 bumper. Now we get like 2 bucks. That's
1: awesome. But it, it it all adds up and we really appreciate it <laughs> and and thanks the the D- Dusty Dunn for remembering us before uh he went and purchased that. And then he goes on to tell me about all the other items he bought, but he forgot to go there, to oh. click on the Amazon first. Oh, well, I
0: take my kudos away. No, <laughs> no. Nope, nope. Bottom of the list, Dusty. Bottom of the list. Well, speaking of a, a dumb idea, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, no. that's what one woman is saying about some guys who decided to turn their Jeep into a boat. Now, Jordan Denneke, who was at the beach in San Luis Pass on Memorial Day when she saw a big Jeep in the water. The video she recorded, which has since gone viral, shows a guy hanging out of the passenger side of the Jeep while another guy drives the vehicle through the waves. He's easily 40 to 50 yards offshore, turning in and out of the waves. Certainly from the shore, it appears as if this was one heck of a Jeep commercial being filmed, highlighting what anyone would call amazing off-road abilities. Not so much for the driver, who turned out to be some dumb guy who had a little too much holiday celebration spectacle didn't last long, and as sure as just about half the people on shore probably called it, the jeep turned into a boat. The sight of this Darwinian fail boat arriving attracted a very large crowd, as it's not every day you see somebody driving half a football field into the ocean and then make the brighter idea to turn to towards the ocean even further to go even deeper. Yeah, good one. The second I saw them that deep in the water without a snorkel, I knew that wasn't going to end well, Dennecke said. Nope, it sure didn't. The Jeep, of course, got stuck. Well, achieved more of a balance centered in buoyancy than traction, one might say. And several people got into the water to try and help. And then something, 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 monkeys, something, something, football. Football, You get the idea. (laughs) Judging by the video and the pics that I've seen, I can't imagine that that Jeep is drivable anymore. But a a hydrolock engine is going to be the least of this guy's concerns. Now, this could be a lesson for at least at the very least for others at the beach. Don't drive in the water when it's up past your hubs. Come on.
3: I saw that video and I was just sick to my stomach. Uh, I mean, what and is all it? That's- salt water oh
1: yeah yeah just that by itself but you and you guys can answer this what is it about black jeep owners that make them do things like this how dare you you know i was i
3: was waiting for that yes
0: (laughs) how dare you sir (laughs)
3: uh
0: for for our new listeners out there uh both tammy and i own black jeeps uh tony is a is a red jeep owner but uh uh, I will have you know sir that despite <laughs> living on the west coast
1: my jeep has never been driven into the ocean it's just a bad idea man that salt it water really people is. know that you don't that how bad the salt uh. is while, during the wintertime on the the frames and the parts of a of any vehicle not- not enough car wash
0: tokens in the planet uh, for me to rinse off the salt water from out here. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's why I stay out of the surf.
1: That's a shame. I, I, I hope we hear more about that. I saw that video, and I'd like to know, uh, you know, what the outcome of the, the, the Jeep was. Uh now if, the if bank came over, slapped him upside the head, <laughs> and said, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, you've got to wonder if they were behind on the payments, you know. I, I don't know. jeez. Oh, Uh, Yeah, that was stolen yesterday, I swear.
0: Well, what's next? The writing has been on the wall for some time. We all knew it would happen sooner or later, and the buzz of the details of it have been circulating for months now. No, it's not more news about the new Jeep pickup that's on the horizon, though I wish it were as interesting as that. But the news does carry far more importance in the long run of things. I'm talking, of course, about the long-standing CEO of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, Sergio Marchionne, and, and his upcoming retirement. Now, you've undoubtedly heard that name before as he's been calling the shots at Jeep's parent company for a good 14 years now. Now, exactly what will happen to the car companies under the FCA umbrella after its leader steps down next year is what has most people racing to speculate. Now, according to people close to and familiar with the matter... Sergio's last hurrah as CEO of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles entails betting the carmaker's entire future on the success of Jeep and Maserati, all while downsizing its namesake brands of Fiat and Chrysler. Now, under the proposed plan, the company is considering ending sales of Fiat cars in North America and China over the coming years, while mostly confining Chrysler just to the U.S., the overall expansion will be fueled primarily by rolling out Jeep and Ram vehicles with a much more aggressive global outreach in marketing, sales, and manufacturing. The car maker is also considering combining Alfa Romeo and Maserati into a single division in FCA's financial reports. Combining the upscale Italian brands would be seen by investors as a first step to an eventual spin off. And there's that word again spin off. We've heard rumors that there's a chance that Jeep and Ram would likely be the spin-off that we would see coming out of all of this, leaving the rest of FCA to flounder, die, or <laughs> get bought off by other car makers. But the latest reports have it more likely that the shareholders will look at a more long-term strategy to keep FCA whole, and that may include a merger with another large name automark- automaker. Now, that is a rumor that has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, especially the die-hard Jeep fans. Speaking of Jeep, which accounts for more than 70% of FCA's profits, according to some analyst estimates anyways, will increasingly become the focal point of the auto group. Marciona is also said to have a plan already in place, in fact, that will double the brand's current sales volume by 2022. The plan stems heavily from the expansion of Jeep's presence in Asia, Brazil, and Europe, as well as widening its product offering with hybrid variants starting next year. That's right, they just made it official that we will see hybrid Jeep models in 2019. Marcione has already indicated that he sees chances to double the group's profit in the coming five years, almost strictly from Jeep sales. Now, along with shrewd deal-making and spin-offs, Fiat's shift to crossovers from cars in the U.S. has paid off. The company's reported wider profit margins than Ford Motor Company in the first quarter alone, and Marcione has set his sights on surpassing even General Motors Company in profitability before he steps down next year. A successor has yet to be named. But Marciona has said it will be an internal candidate who fills his shoes. Current CFO Richard Palmer, head of the European division, Alfredo Altavia, and Jeep brand chief Mike Manley are seen as the leading candidates. Regardless of who takes the reins, I think some big changes are going to be in store for the 2020 model years and beyond.
1: You know, just whenever you uh, figure out how to pronounce a guy's name, he steps down. Uh, that, that's the kicker for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys all know who we're
0: rooting for. I, I'd love to see Mike Manley step in. He has done a very good job with the Jeep brand. Um, the branding alone of, of Jeep over the last decade has been very well done, and, and especially with the launch of the new JL line and and i'll you know be amiss to say it even the new cherokee lines uh really has done quite well yeah and has. and it's it's all come out of the mike manley office that guy has i think single-handedly taken jeep well you know obviously with some direction from uh, marchion Single-handedly taking Jeep up to the pinnacle it's at right now.
1: Well, he's certainly uh, certainly been in uh, in the primary. I said charge. single-handedly <laughs> <laughs> with a name like
0: Mike
4: Manley. Well, come
1: on, you know <laughs> uh, if if Jeep is doing seventy percent of the business, you would think that you want to continue with that that golden goose. Sorry, Mike, uh, laying that golden egg. So that does make a lot of sense. And, and of yeah. course, Manley is a lot easier to to pronounce. Oh, yeah, they course. don't even have to change the M on the on the door either. You know, hey. <laughs> just- <laughs> well,
0: hey, if you guys have a news tip or you have a response to any one of our stories, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to Jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Hey guys, and coming up here later in the show, we told you up at the top, we've got the
1: interview with Dan Greck coming up here, and you don't want to miss it. Hey, all you lucky listeners that have downloaded the Jeep Talk Show app, either on your iPhone or Android device. There's now bonus content. Well, there's been bonus content before, but it's kind of been hit and miss, but there is definitely some on this episode. So if you haven't already installed the Jeep Talk Show app on your iPhone or Android device, you should do so and go over there and check out the bonus content.
2: Hi, this is Steve 4.3LXJ with another Jeep tip. And as promised, we are now starting our series on the Dana 30 front end, and we're going to go over a little history, and then we'll talk about modifications and what rigs they're good for and how far you should modify them and how far you shouldn't modify them and all the good stuff. So we'll try to cover it all eventually. So to start off with, uh, the Dana 30 came out in the mid-60s. The first time I remember it is in a 1966 Bronco. Um, I had a 69. It had a Dana 30 in it and that was a effort to uh, come up with a little stronger axle than the 20 series Dana axles, and also to make some uh, uh, production improvements to allow them to assemble them cheaper and faster without sacrificing any strength. The Dana 30 is a 2,750 pound GVW axle, which means that Uh, You shouldn't really be trying to overload the axle with any more weight than that. And they uh, went from what is called a closed knuckle to an open knuckle design. Open knuckle is what we have now. And if you've got a Jeep, you can go and, and look at that and we can talk about some of the parts you can see. The closed knuckle design had a a ball, uh, about two-thirds of a ball, and there was an axle with a regular U-joint inside of it, and there was a kingpin of sorts on the top and bottom, and it was shimmed, and you had to uh, shim it up tight, and once you did, there was a tapered roller bearing in there, and those bearings would last forever, and if you've had to replace your ball joints, guess what? On those closed-knuckle front ends, the only reason you had to ever replace those things is if they got water in them or you just plain didn't put any grease in it. So, uh, they were really a great front end. And I prefer the closed knuckle type, uh, for doing any serious mudding. You don't have seal problems, inner seal problems. You don't have to add extra seals or anything like that. They're actually, uh, a very good axle for what they were designed for during, uh, the early part of World War II. And as long as, the seals were okay in them. You never had to worry about them. And that was the case with the ones that I had. Uh, I never had any kind of failures, uh, that were lubricant related or strength related with those. And, uh, I can tell you that I have put them to the test. But moving on to the Dana 30, instead of a ball, what they came up with is what we call a C. And, uh, you can look at your Dana 30 or Dana 44 front end, and you'll see that there's a piece of iron on the end where the knuckle attaches on the top and bottom, and it's kind of in a C shape. Uh, not quite literally a C, but close enough. And so when we talk about the Cs, as we will later, that is the part we're going to be talking about that's welded onto the end of the axle tubes. And the uh, knuckles then were redesigned, and they used the same... Spindles on the Dana 30 and the Dana 44 end axle knuckles that they were using clear back in World War II. Unless you have the Scout 8 bolt flange, they are interchangeable. So, uh, you can, uh, uh, see that Dana originally over designed that part of the front end and uh, they probably underdesigned some other parts of it, and we'll go over that as we go on. So, I'll leave you with that. You can go out and look at your front end if you haven't before, and you can look at the seas, and you can see that it's open, and stick your finger down the tube where the axle is, and see that there's a, a place for mud there and to get into things, and so forth and so on. And we will go from there. So... From now on, we'll be talking about that front end for a little while at least, and uh, we hope to see you on the trail.
1: So, I'm really excited about this, and I bet you we have about a lot of listeners that are excited about this, because Dana 30, that's the front driveshaft in many, many, many Jeeps. I mean, uh, except Tammy's; she's got the Dana 44 with the Rubicon, but uh, even the Dana 44 shares a lot of similarities with the Dana 30. Yeah, it
0: right, does, especially was... the, uh, the newer
1: generation. Mm-hmm. Great segment, and this is uh, uh similar to the ones uh, that uh, that Nate went through. He he went through all the axles with us, and there's uh, there's no. Um, it's always good to have uh, a different point of view on things. So, uh, really looking forward to this series, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, he said uh, left things off right when we started getting to the good part too. So I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to next week. Yeah, well, that that's my fault because I tell everybody it's you know four minutes or less, four minutes or less. Oh. <laughs> It keeps them tuning in to the show. Oh, yeah. Hey, and
3: coming up in Tech Talk, it's all about that gas.
1: Oh, I'm so gassy today. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
0: And if Tony had any more beans around the campfire, (laughs) we'd be listening to him. (laughs) Well, the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network, folks. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com. That's easy, 4x4radionetwork.com. And learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, Trail Chasers podcast, and our newest member on the Trail Podcast. Shut up and listen. Shut up So shut up. You don't shut up. shut up, say. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama.
3: So guys, um, I don't know if you know, but I have this thing called a vlog. It's a video log. It's called Jeep Mama's Garage and it's on YouTube. And every week I try to do some short little video like my top five series or a how-to or um, something like that. So this last week I remembered um, on the show a while back on the Jeep Talk Show in one of the past episodes... I talked about how to shift into four low. So I did a little um, video on how to shift into four low in three easy steps. And that video kind of prompted some comments. And one of the comments was from a new Jeep owner. And he was like really excited about this video because he's new and there's so much he needs to learn about Um, jeeping and off-roading and his Wrangler and it just got me to thinking that man I bet you some of this stuff like Tony which is why you brought me to the show originally because I was new you kind of forget and I'm doing that now you kind of forget about this stuff that you take for granted now so I'm going to be doing a couple more videos coming up and actually this Sunday I do a video on how to Um, fold your soft top back into the Jeep W because they don't tell you this stuff at the dealership. You don't know that, you know, I've seen so many people driving around with their soft top um, material stuck in between the bars or when they have it all the way down, they don't have the bars lined up right. And so anyway, I was, I'm going to do a video on that and I'm going to do a video on the the magic buttons on the Rubicon because I've seen so many people who, I don't know how to use my sway bar button. Well, you just push it actually.
1: <laughs> but, but when and or, yeah.
3: <laughs> right. Or the axle lock buttons, or I know a lot of the Jeeps have the, not just the Rubicons, they have the hill descent control button. But one of the things, um, and I'll get into all this stuff in upcoming episodes. But one of the things I want everybody to know is all this information is in your Jeep manual. And I actually brought it here because I was going to show everyone, but then I forgot I don't need to show everyone because everyone is just listening. (laughs) But anyway, you can get, if you don't get one from your dealer, you can just go to Jeep's website and go to their contact page. This is what I did. And I emailed them and said, hey, I have a blank year Jeep whatever, and can I get the manual for it? And it's like um, a 500, 600 page manual and it tells you how to use the hill descent control button, when you should use it, what it's all about and the same with if you have a Rubicon the axle lock buttons and the sway bar disconnect buttons and actually I think um, you get a little one sheet or manual in your Jeep for the Soft top, but I don't remember it talking about the Jeep W. But anyway, so stay tuned in upcoming episodes, folks, and I'm going to be talking about the buttons and the hill descent control, when you should use it, what it's for, and that kind of thing. But if you want to get a head start, go over to the Jeep website and ask Jeep to send you a manual so you can read all about it.
1: Oh, screw that. You just tell them to watch your videos, you don't even tell them about Jeep. (laughs)
3: Okay. Yeah, forget, forget about Jeep. But yeah, you can watch the videos or tune in to the Jeep Talk Show because next week, um, it's really hard to explain the Jeep W, so I'm going to kind of skip over that one. But you can go watch my video this week because you really have to see what I mean by the Jeep W. And some people might already know about it. But next week, actually, Tony and Josh, um, I kind of have to take next week off. Um, so the mm-hmm. following
1: week how it's, many it's, how many times is it this year tammy know, like 15 i know i know um
3: my son is a senior in high school oh i'm and sorry
1: this is he, not he, off-road related you can't take yes. off
3: um and he he graduates from high school so it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal um can't, but they, anyway, can't the, they reschedule yeah I let them know uh, that you,
1: <laughs> Let them know you have a something uh, a current. Sorry, we
3: actually,
1: have a prior <laughs> engagement. Can you just
0: shift that a little just shift bit? Shift that around.
3: I actually got my son's middle school to change their award ceremony because they had their award ceremony on the same day my son was graduating, and I can't. I said we yeah. can't do both.
1: Yeah. Well, um, it's, but it's your anyway, fault for having more than one kid.
3: I know. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about. The sway bar disconnect, how that works, and the axle locks, how that works, and when you should use it, and the hill descent control button, which is a really, really cool button. I don't use it anymore, but I used it when I first started off-roading just to see what it can do, and it's amazing, amazing what your Jeep can do with that button.
1: If I understand uh, what it is, uh, I think that's a really good thing and a good safety device for a lot of people to use. So. Uh, totally. It, it, it'll be good to hear that. You know, Tammy, I will make one suggestion. Um, uh-huh. uh, unusually, I know, uh, that yeah. uh, you make a differentiation between what's on a Rubicon and what's on everything else. Uh, yes. Because some of those buttons that you're talking about, I don't think are on anything but the Rubicon.
0: Right, the I certainly don't lock. have them on my Jeep. I, I I
1: keep looking for this W
0: button. I, I can't I, find uh, that.
1: I have to keep a propane torch in my Jeep to heat up my seat on my own. I have no heated seat button in my Jeep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask for the heated seat. Tammy's so. going to
1: drive down here and kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. One of these days. One of these days. One yeah. of these days. <laughs> it's a Rubicon. Um. So uh, I don't know if you were part of this uh, part part of this Facebook post or not, but you were talking about not knowing how to use the the soft top, you know, uh, getting it uh, off or down or whatever. I saw that the other day. Somebody was talking about that on Facebook and they said uh, this lady said she does still doesn't know how to take the soft top off so there are these things and you're right that's one of the reasons why we wanted you on this show so desperately you had such a passion about jeeps and you were so interested in everything and you had those fresh eyes that uh right. you know didn't understand the the subtle nuances of all, many of the things that you were just talking about so um it was uh, it's great uh, it's it's really good that you're going back to the roots so to speak where you're going to be uh, allowing people to um not feel stupid it's, right. it's it's common not to understand how things work until you you experience it or somebody shows you. So it, it's it's really good.
3: Yeah, when I first got my Jeep, I had no idea about disconnecting anything um, or what a sway bar even was. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like some Fifty Shades of Grey thing, something, but, something from um, the eighties,
1: <laughs> right? So, Slow dancing in the fifties. I'm
3: not ready yeah. for that yet. Let's yeah. go to the sway bar here. I know so. Anyway, folks, coming up later in this show, we have some great stuff from Nikki G.
1: Always great stuff from Nikki G. All right, guys. Well, you—I'm you, sure you know it by now. But if you don't, I got some great news for you. I kind of pressed the mute button here on the the uh, Alexa. So. If, you, uh, if you're if you not already aware, the Jeep Talk Show is available on the Amazon Echo, and I'm not talking about through iHeartRadio or Spotify or uh, any of that stuff are tuned in. You, I mean, there we are literally on the Amazon Echo with a native application that you can control uh, what uh, episode you're listening to. It'll pick up where you left off. It's wonderful. Oh, I thought we're supposed to be
0: doing a show sitting on our Amazon Echo. I just hold on i got this
1: thing it's much
0: oh that's a lot better
1: it's much like a heated seat i've been sitting but on this thing it's so. more like a heated anal probe <laughs> it's oh a little small <laughs> when you said we're on alexa I, okay sorry carry on <laughs> so it's really simple you uh, you can just talk to your alexa and listen to the jeep talk show well kind of like this alexa ask the jeep talk show to play the latest episode
4: welcome you can listen to all the episodes of jeep talk show a jeep podcast including new episodes as they are released for now you'll start with the most recent episode but you can change by skipping forward or backward you can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip
1: so that basically means you don't have to go over there and press the play button or find the episode for your 95 year old grandma that keeps bugging the hell out of you i want to listen to the latest episode you can just get your granny an amazon echo and if she can talk She can listen to the show.
0: Well, hey, speaking of the show, this is about the time where we go into a big whole rigmarole about uh, our various sponsors and stuff who have been helping us out and who will be helping you out. And you guys heard over the last several weeks us talking about Tom Woods and his awesome discount Hope you guys uh, were able to take advantage of that promo code that ended last week. The last uh, time we aired the show was pretty much the last week that you were able to use that code. And, uh, well, it is no longer, unfortunately. But Tom Woods is still a sponsor of the show. And, uh, and well, you know, you can always get good quality gear that's been around for 20 years haven't I mean, they been doing this for 20 years, haven't they, Tony?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so, it's Josh, I, I feel bad about this. I usually let you guys know a bunch of other stuff. Um, now I'm wondering if I mentioned my Atlas to you. Um, but uh, Tom, oh, Tom Woods,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tom Woods, uh, I was uh, chatting with him through email the other day, and uh, he really likes what we're doing here uh, with the advertisements for his show. And uh, he'd like to continue that. So we're going to continue uh, advertising Wait, so there, uh, Tom Woods really in, in June. There really is a Tom Woods. I thought this was
0: a fictional character here. You know, kind of like... It uh, could be. It's, it's Ronald email. Ronald McDonald, you know,
1: like, you know, <laughs> Wendy's, you know, that. this. I thought, I thought it was just... So there's actually a Tom woods out there. I, I've right. not met him personally, but uh, it could be a, an incredible efficient AI that I'm talking to on the phone or uh, emailing. <laughs> I, I, I you know, I want to leave that open. It's uh, everything's a hologram anyway. but uh, but anyway, I was uh, talking to Tom and uh, he wants to continue advertising uh, for the month of June. And I said, uh, hey, Tom, should we continue doing the ten uh, percent code? You know, because, I want to help you people. I want to help you listeners out there with uh, What with do you discounts. mean you people? <laughs> so, so Tom has agreed to continue the 10% discount. Yay! yeah it's a big deal uh so if you were on the fence about ordering a a drive shaft and you went well damn it i missed out uh, I, I i waited till may 31st and i didn't place that order or maybe you just didn't have the money for it and you needed a few more weeks to uh you know gather your bottles and your aluminum cans and uh, so you could get you a nice uh, bright shiny Tom Woods drive shaft Well, now's your chance. You got another 30 days. Or maybe Tony went over there, held a gun to his head, and a fresh stack of (laughs) stickers, and was just like... This is to say, Tom's going to be hairless in several places from removing stickers here over the next several days. (laughs) Never look at a
0: pair of jumper cables the same way again. (laughs) No. Or nipple rings. So that code, folks, JTS18-1. JTS18-1.
1: Ooh, reviews. I like reviews.
3: So do I. And I have one here, Tony, from Facebook. And it's Josh S. He gives us five out of five stars. And he says, I listen to the podcast every week and have been doing so for over a year now. I really enjoy all the news stories, the interviews, and Wrangler talk. I picked up a couple of stickers, which just arrived in the mail today. One is going on my 2015 Jeep JKU and the other on my toolbox. By the way, Tony and Tammy are both wrong. It is, in fact, green Jeeps that rock. Uh,
1: well, you know, green is a uh, color of fungus, so I see what you're talking about. And there are, you know, a lot of rock uh, mold and stuff on rocks, so it all makes sense. Tony. Tony. <laughs> Uh green jeeps are pretty cool, and uh, it, it's, I love it's really, the Greco green. It's really nice uh, seeing them off road. It has a military flair to it, even uh, except the bright green ones. And then uh, I think I think bright colors on jeeps is just a, a really it's, it 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 just seems to go together. You know, like it's an off road vehicle, uh, very bright. Look at look at what I can do, type thing. Hey, this is Chris Lavery. Uh
2: I. I contacted you guys about being a guest on the show, and you guys reached out, and I believe we have something scheduled. Uh, As I mentioned in my email to you guys, I write for theengineblock.com, and I wanted to give you guys a heads-up that I gave you a shout-out in my blog post today. I wrote a blog post on Magnaflow, and there are new offerings for the JL Wrangler, and uh, I mentioned the talk show podcast in the opening line of my paragraph and linked to your page So I just wanted to give you a little heads up That I gave you some love In the uh, in the most recent blog article And uh, I hope you like it Thanks
0: Bye. And I did like At least I, I did anyways Went over there this afternoon Checked out Engineblock.com And uh, that's, there's two E's in there by the way Theengineblock.com And good write up in fact Yeah I like that information about the new exhaust For the new JL Wranglers Man I, when those hit the market I can't wait to hear how they sound.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, the, Chris actually put in there uh, in his article, it starts out with, uh, what mod do I do first? Uh, it's what every Jeep owner wonders shortly after acquiring a Wrangler. Uh, I even heard this uh, topic discussed on the most recent episode of the Jeep Talk Show, which has oh, become my favorite podcast. Oh, did you look at that? And you know why Yay. that is? It's because we love our listeners. That's right.
0: You got tech questions? Ah, what do I have? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Well, we got a good one for you tonight, folks. Okay, I just channeled my inner Steve Harvey, and that was weird. (laughs) Okay, moving right along. This one is going to come in just in time for those summer road trips and jaunts out to the off-road park. Now, there's long been a debate going on about which grade of fuel is best to run in our Jeeps. There's the guy that goes out of their way for the non-ethanol added gas and that some won't run anything but super in the tank. I knew a guy back in the day that was running 105 octane race gas in his Jeep. And then there's those of us who will throw the crappiest, dirtiest, cheapest gas we can find. And if you catch us on a bad day, might find a bottle of kerosene and some paint thinner dumped in just to bring it up over half the tank. Now, for 99% of us, though, you'll pull up to the pump and see the three grades of unleaded fuel that are generally allowed to be pumped to the public in the U.S. These include the 85 to 87 octane regular gas, 89 octane mid-grade, and 91 to 93 octane supreme fuels, which also typically have a little something extra thrown in, like a higher level of the specialty proprietary additives, which range from lubricants to detergents. Now, without diving too deep into fuel chemistry and Covering every additive and formula out there, the basics are this. A higher octane rating of gas basically means the fuel is more stable. The octane rating is the measure of how much compression a fuel can withstand before self-igniting. Okay, so you're probably wondering, why is this important for my 20-year-old Jeep? Well, fuel that is more stable is more difficult to ignite, which is good for high-compression performance-tuned engines. Low-octane fuel in a high-compression engine can cause detonation, which can damage the engine. Detonation is simply short for pre-detonation, meaning the fuel ignites before the ignition fires. Now, most of our Jeep's motors wouldn't be considered a high-compression performance-based engines, but a higher-octane fuel is less likely to pre-detonate during the compression stroke in any engine. If an engine is experiencing detonation, it can usually be heard by the human ear without any specialty equipment. You'll we'll have to keep an ear out, though, as it will generally only happen when the engine is under load, like when climbing a steep hill on the freeway. Now, this noise is sometimes referred to as knocking or pinging, even. extreme cases of detonation, detonation sound like a glass, of jar, glass jar of marbles being shaken by a cracked-out squirrel on too much caffeine. Now, ultimately, the best way to avoid detonation and to ensure that your engine lives a long, happy life is to use the fuel grade recommended by the manufacturer. Most mass-production engines, including the 4-liter inline-six we all know and love, to the Pentastar V6 engines typically found in most JK Wranglers, were engineered to run best off of regular old 87-octane pump gas. Anything greater than the recommended 87-octane rating is likely going to be a waste of money for 99% of the driving you do. Interestingly interestingly enough, some modern computer-controlled engines that do require higher octane fuel are advanced enough that they can run just fine, on 87 octane fuel. However, when or if the engine knock sensors indicate there is detonation, which there might occasionally be in some other, you know, less, you know, lesser uh, fuels and and, you know old gas and stuff like that, the computer will actually retard the timing, which will reduce power slightly, but eliminate the detonation. Remember, knocking, pinging, detonation, or whatever you're going to call it, typically only happens under load and not while at idle or while during average street driving. So it may be best to stick with the regular and not spring for the super. Save the higher octane fuels and octane boost additives for when your Jeep is going to see some actual work. No, not picking up the neighbor kid and his three friends on your way home from the grocery store. That doesn't count. And I'm sure hauling your bowling ball back from the lanes isn't going to add up too much either. I'm talking like when you're out on the trails or when you're towing a load of gravel for the side yard. Who knows? Adjusting your habits at the pump just might save you enough for some more Jeep parts.
1: You know um Tammy you may remember this Josh you may you may or may not uh, or maybe you've heard of it uh back in the 70s uh there was a thing that went on especially with the smog type uh, stuff and the anti pollution type stuff they were putting on the vehicles which was all brand new back then um where you would just turn off your running engine and it wouldn't <laughs> it would oh, just yeah. keep going oh <laughs> i don't remember that and it <laughs> wasn't <laughs> oh yeah that, that noise it wasn't or, yeah. smooth either because it was all that dieseling yeah and uh dieseling is whenever you have uh, the uh the ignition uh from discompression of the air fuel mixture or pre-detonation so uh i just the uh, when you were talking about that i was remembering that and, oh god it was always so embarrassing you pull up in your nice car and because i was i was young back then you know as a kid and uh, you pull up uh, to a girl and your, your car is going, <laughs> <laughs> I saw so the car that, or,
0: or that? was that you? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it was just a reflection
3: of its owner.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Um, so uh, that's good to know. I I don't know where you come up with these things, Josh, but, uh, they bring back uh, memories or I think to myself, oh, that's, that's a really good subject to, uh, to tell people about. So, uh, good job there. I mean, uh, I know I recommended uh, going back and just uh, regurgitating some of the old stuff because it's been, you know, 200 episodes since we talked about something. But you keep coming up with new stuff on every show, and I, I appreciate that.
0: Well, if you guys have anything to add, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, we'll just send it an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com, and we'll get it on the air. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps.
1: This is Lisa Simon from Chim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from
3: TNA Decal.
0: This is Neil from sfj4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA r and hey, I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. A nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off-road industry. We thank you for your
1: support. <coughs> uh, hello hello this is tony with Gorilla telemarketing and i was just calling to tell you about the jeep talk show uh,
2: susan i told you not to call me at this time hey bill is that
3: that susan woman uh, again i'm
1: sorry sir this isn't susan this is tony with the Gorilla telemarketing and i'm calling you about the jeep talk show have you listened to the that show
2: Susan again, call i don't you? want none of that i just, what i just gotta call <laughs> you all hours in the day. sir are you with me Oh, Damn it, Billy! Man, you know what time it is?
1: I Told you! Uh, you know, it's 7.30 here.
2: Uh, ain't 7.30 everywhere in the world, man.
1: Well, I, I'm sorry, sir. They warned me about time zones, but I just decided to call anyway. Hey, let me just ask you. Uh, have you listened
2: to the show? Oh, man, you, you done got my wife all upset. I... Th- Man, it's three in the morning.
1: I, I'm I'm really sorry about that, but you certainly remember the Jeep Talk Show after this call. Let me just say, tell you, we're on each and every week. We'd love to mark you down as a regular listener. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, whatever, man. Just, just don't call back this
1: time again. Well, well real quick, Ever. real quick, sir. Will you be listening to the Jeep Talk Show soon? Why are
2: you cheating on me, Billy? I told you, woman. Ain't no, ain't like that. Oh. Or- I got to go.
1: Can we mark you down as a regular listener, sir? Whatever. Thank you very much. The Jeep Talk Show really appreciates your patronage.
2: Get lost. (laughs) (laughs) From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes
1: just down the street.
0: Howdy, neighbor.
1: It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, guys, we're very lucky to have Dan Greck from uh, The Road Shows Me or uh back on with us uh, today, tonight. It just really depends if you're uh, in South Africa. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Dan, thanks for joining us and thanks for reaching out and letting us know that you were in an area with uh, good internet.
4: Oh, thanks very much for having me again. It's a real pleasure. So, let people
1: know uh, that maybe you haven't listened to the first interview that we did several, uh, several episodes back that uh, what exactly uh are you doing what what is the road shows me
4: <laughs> uh the road chose me is uh i've set out in my 2011 jk rubicon to circumnavigate all of africa so i shipped my jeep across from canada to europe and then i drove down and i caught a ferry to morocco and so i've been driving now for about a year and a half and i've driven all the way through west africa through 24 countries now and I've covered uh, 32,000 miles. And so I've just recently made it to the southern tip of Africa, which is kind of like the halfway point of this crazy undertaking. And then now I'm, I'm moving north. And so I'm on my way up to Egypt in the, the very north of the continent. So by the time all is said and done, I'll, I will have traveled all the way around the whole of Africa.
1: So, uh, a lot of people would think, why aren't you in a Land Rover? Why aren't you in uh, a Toyota? Something that is more a a larger, uh, more traditional uh, overland vehicle.
4: Yeah, for sure. It's a really common question. Uh, And the first way I really like to answer that question is by saying, well, you know, you've got to look good while you're doing it. so, So, obviously, a JK is a really good choice for that. Um, And also, uh, a few years back, I drove a TJ from Alaska to Argentina, all the way through Central and South America. And that little Jeep, I never even turned a wrench once on the whole trip. And so, you know, in my mind, the the Wrangler was just amazing. It was because when when you're out here and you're in the middle of nowhere, reliability is the most important thing. It's, It's all that matters, really. And so, that Jeep was amazing. And then now, my current Jeep has been amazing. And so, I'm, I'm really happy with my choice. I think it was the perfect choice for the trip.
1: So, uh, that was going to be my next question about the, uh, how the, the JKU has, uh, has held up. But what, Is that the 3.8 or the 3.6 engine?
4: It has the 3.8 in it with a six-speed. Wow. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah,
1: and, there's been a lot of things you know, said about the 3.8s.
4: Well, you know, the 3.8, it's not the world's most powerful engine, but I think it has a really good reliability record you know by the time 2011 came around uh dodge and jeep and chrysler had put it in a lot of vehicles by that point and so i think you know from a reliability standpoint i think they really had it had it down pat by then
1: well you uh, you certainly are are seeing reaping those benefits um so you you mentioned the tj uh was the tj just not available or you wanted something larger uh for this expedition
4: yeah i really decided like the the tj was amazing and i loved every minute but, I mean, it was tiny and, you know, I had no fridge. I was just sleeping in a ground tent. Um, and so, for this expedition, I knew, like, I really wanted some creature comforts. And so, as soon as I saw the four-door JK, I just immediately started dreaming and thinking, like, how, how can I make this a reality?
1: Has the, the longer wheelbase helped you any in your, uh, your expedition here in Africa?
4: Um, you know, in terms of capability, I, I don't think it's limited me at all to have the longer wheelbase. And certainly, you know, just the ability to have more stuff. You know, I have a drinking water tank mounted underneath. I have a fridge. I have a, a pop-up roof on top so I can sleep sort of in on the Jeep. And so in, in that regard, I, I couldn't imagine doing it in a little two-door.
1: Well, that uh, that pop-up tent actually gives you a little more security from the animals too, doesn't it?
4: It does, yeah. I mean, being up off the ground, it, it's really nice. I I would not want to sleep on a ground tent in some of the national parks I've been into. I mean, I wake up in the morning and there's, there's lion prints in the sand you know, that weren't there the night before. <laughs> yeah. so it's like lions walk around the Jeep while I'm asleep, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be up off the ground.
1: So uh, what pop-up tent is that that you're using?
4: It's uh, made by Ursa Minor, who are out of San Diego, and so they, they call it the J30, and it's a, a replacement roof. So you, you take off the stock hard or soft top, and then this one bolts on in its place
1: uh what's your uh what's your feeling on it how's it been you've uh, been sleeping in it quite a bit
4: oh this thing I mean I I had built all of the rest of the jeep out so I had like the fridge and the drinking water and you know all of my stuff inside of it and I'd already traveled from Canada down to San Diego so I kind of had already been like camping slash living in the jeep but then the day that I put the pop-up roof on it it was like it completely transformed. It, it isn't really a Jeep anymore. It's much more of a house on wheels. It's like an amazing way to sleep while you're out adventuring. And and every night when I, I drive out into the middle of nowhere, I pop the roof up, takes about 10 seconds, and I just have a big grin on my face. Even to this day, <laughs> it's it's a really like really good feeling to know you've just driven and you have everything you need right there in and on the Jeep. Yeah, pop up the tent and say,
1: honey, I'm home. And, of course, honey's the Jeep.
4: Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Home is where you park it, as I like to say.
1: That is kind of cool. Now, you've been out uh, on this ex- expedition for, uh, the site says, 705 days. I-, I would assume it's probably a little different now.
4: Um, I drove on to Africa in, the, in June 15, 2016. So, it's coming really close now to two years. Wow, that's just amazing! Yeah, just I guess I guess it's a month shy of two years. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe. You know, I pinch myself every day. Just uh, it's it's been absolutely phenomenal. It's exceeded my expectations in every single possible way.
1: Now I remember last time I was really concerned about uh, the, the dealing with the people and the wildlife out uh, in Africa, especially Africa because uh, we all have these uh, these ideas in our head. I mean, uh, a lot of people around the country think that if you live in Texas like I do, there's an oil well in your backyard. So uh, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying the, the, that that the, what you think, what you've heard is correct. So that's one of the reasons why I always like asking. Uh, and as I recall, you had had absolutely zero issues with anybody, any human in that country. In fact, just the opposite had been true.
4: That's exactly right. And actually, that record has continued. I have met the most friendly people of my entire life on this continent. Every single day, people come up to me and shake my hand and say, you are welcome, you know, enjoy your time in my country. They smile just every single day. It it continues to blow my mind. Just I I have a hundred stories of, I, I walked into a small bar a few weeks ago, kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's no tourists around. There's no white people around. And it's a local bar, you know, and these guys are drinking and, and within thirty seconds, someone walked up to me and shook my hand and said, "You are welcome in this town. You are, can I buy you a beer?" Wow! And I, I, I nearly fell off my stool. I was like, "Who? Who is this friendly? Like, where does this happen on the earth?" And yeah, it just continues to happen that way. It's amazing. That,
1: it, it really is amazing. And as far as animal issues, uh, you mentioned the line prints in the sand, but uh, any uh, more uh, uh, face-to-face meetings?
4: Oh. <laughs> Uh, in one of the national parks in Botswana, actually driving along a track, like a sandy track, I had to actually drive off the road. Otherwise I would have hit some lions that were like basking in the sun. <laughs> and then I, I, I stopped the Jeep right there and turned the engine off. And actually they were so close. They were less than six feet away. You know, I was sitting in the driver's seat and they're less than six feet away from me. I was too scared to put the window down to take a photo. They like, they were so close. And I mean, they were kind of snoozing and. I mean, they didn't react to me, but yeah, yeah, really, really close to lions, um elephants as well have come very close to the jeep, kind mm-hmm. of do do a little mock charge, like kind of take three or four quick steps, like they're gonna come and ram into the jeep, but they they always seem to turn off and and go in a different direction, um but certainly, like no problems, nothing has gone wrong with the wildlife
1: excellent, so
4: um well. Now
1: you mentioned taking pictures of the lions, and I was just thinking to myself. Of course, uh, Jeep Talk Show follows you on Instagram, which is a, a wonderful place to see some of the beautiful pictures. Of course, uh, the dot is as well. Uh, in fact, I see an image uh, on your front page right now that uh, looks like it's there on the coast. Uh, I, I would assume South Africa. Some beautiful mountains in the background, and uh, looks like you're setting up for the night with the uh, the Jeep uh, tent popped up. Uh, so uh, on Instagram, you're also the Road chose Me, correct? That's right, yep. So, uh, you know, I was just going to say, I don't remember seeing the pictures of the lions. What, what happened with that? Did I miss a day or something? So, it was just you didn't feel comfortable uh, rolling the window down. I, personally, I would have taken one through the windshield.
4: <laughs> I do. I have a lot of photos of lions and elephants and, and some are through the windshield and some aren't. Um, I feel like you must have just missed a day on Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I put them on there if you scroll oh, back.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, was that very recent? Yep
4: oh uh, that must have been about two months ago i would guess
1: Hmm. well i would like to see that i will have to go back and check it well that's right it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. easy enough to do and, and on instagram uh,
4: actually i'm pretty certain there'll be some more coming soon I've, I've just made a reservation at another national park and so yeah people have been telling us uh, telling me tons of lions and tons of elephants
1: now how does that work i'm just kind of curious how do you make a reservation are you able to use a cell phone to do that i would assume that you uh uh, they don't have internet set up for for something to do something like that, or hell, maybe they do.
4: Yeah, every country has been very different on that. Some are really organized. they have a website, you know, a booking form, and they you can even put your credit card in straight online. no problem. Um, other places you have to actually like visit an office, so you know you have to go into a city and then walk into the office and try and do it all sort of manually. and then there's kind of everything in between, like some of the parks that maybe aren't so busy, you can just show up and just pay entrance fees at the gate. Um, so there's, it's kind of everything is, you know, the whole gamut of organization from like someone scratches it on a notepad all the way through to a website.
1: Now, I'm going to ask this question for Tammy. Uh, Tammy thinks that she doesn't need a winch on her Jeep. And uh, I can't see from this picture, and I don't recall if you have a winch or not on your Jeep. Have you been in any situations uh, where you needed a well, winch? Uh, have, you been, have you gotten stuck?
4: right uh so you know i before this trip like i I didn't have a winch uh, on my tj and before this trip i've always sort of thought to myself you know winch is heavy and you know you don't really need a winch all that much and then uh in the congo actually so the congo was like no place i've ever been on earth the roads are essentially non-existent hours and hours and hours in low range four wheel drive with both lockers on like just plowing through the mud and the deep water and actually i didn't get stuck But uh, some Germans who I was traveling with in their four-wheel drive, they they nearly rolled their van. They got stuck in a horrible way. And so we ended up, we we anchored my Jeep to a, a tree with my winch and then they winched off the back of the Jeep. And ever since then, uh, I'm one of those people now who says, well, yeah, you don't need a winch until you do. And then you're really <laughs> happy that you have one. Yes. But I think now I'm in the camp of, yeah, winch is really nice insurance to have.
1: Oh, and by the way, uh, you know, because of uh, us setting up this uh, this uh, interview at, at the time that we did, Tammy wasn't available to join us. And she's absolutely I hate. She has no idea we're doing this interview. Uh, she was oh, wow. so taken from the last interview. She wanted to, to, you know, get her jeep over to Africa and follow you around. It was just something oh, that she I, was amazed. I with. really
4: wanted to ask Tammy about her plans for getting up to Alaska some summer.
1: Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, she's actually out uh, camping, uh, doing primitive camping at a uh, off road park this uh, this weekend. So uh, oh, she hey. she she even missed the show uh, last night. So uh, let's have to wait. Oh, okay, yeah. Wait for a reply on that one.
4: Yeah, and I guess I'll, I'll have to come back on the show at some point so uh, Tammy and I can chat about future adventures.
1: Oh, it's a must. You have to. Um, <laughs> so, so some of these pictures that you take are just so cinematic uh, and, and absolutely gorgeous. It, it, it seems to me that uh, sometimes pictures can make the places look better uh, or sometimes they can't capture the grandeur and uh, the, the beauty that's actually there. I'm hoping it's uh, the latter in your case
4: oftentimes i find it's the latter i pull up at a campsite you know and the sun's setting and i i kind of scramble to get my camera out and i think how can i do this justice how how can i explain just how beautiful it is or or when i when i um the stars come out often i'm i'm not very good at star photography yet and so i really i try hard to capture what i'm seeing but i my camera and i just can't do it but yeah oftentimes it is actually more beautiful than the photos look
1: Oh, speaking of stars, how's the UFO activity down there in Africa?
4: (laughs) It's it's funny, you know, some continents are all about UFOs and over here, nobody ever seems to talk about it. It it just is, it's like a non-event.
1: I figured you probably have at least seen some very interesting things. Satellites passing over, maybe the ISS, uh, fast movers across the sky. It would be very easy to see, I would think, in the very uh, low lights of uh, the the small uh, communities and towns there.
4: Definitely, yeah. The satellites are really easy to see, and uh, there's been some really good shooting stars as well, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. The closer you are to uh, to, to the big city, of course. Uh, there's uh, lots of open areas uh, out in uh, Australia as well, so I'm I'm sure that's not uh, not necessarily the the case. Uh, it hasn't always been the case with you.
4: Um, so no, but it's it, it's really nice to be back in the Southern Hemisphere again because. All, all the star constellations are so familiar to me, and <laughs> yeah. I look up at night, and, and this, the Milky Way is just like a big streak in the sky. You can't you can not not see it, and so every time I look at it, I just sort of I feel like I'm at home, and I'm like, oh, wow, it feels like Australia.
1: You know, I, I know you've been at this for a while, and this isn't your first expectation, but some of the sights and things that you see, um, I'm thinking for myself, it would be like some of the things that I experience just in my day-to-day life, uh, my kids, my family – uh, the Jeep running consistently <laughs> it's just like how <laughs> how lucky am I to be uh, in this adventure and uh, this is uh, I- I'm just wondering is that something you go through w- reflection of this is amazing this is the best decision I ever made in my life etc
4: I think that to myself at least five times a day <laughs> I absolutely cannot believe like I dreamed this and I saved money and I planned this for so many years you know and I used to tell people what I was planning, and they would just look at me with the strangest look on their face, like "You're insane! Like yeah. that's not going to work. You you can't do that in a Jeep, or like you can't do that." Period. And so for years and years and years, I just had to sort of like hope and like think that it was going to work. And yeah, now I, I pinch myself and I I get up in the morning, you know, and I'm making a coffee on the on the tailgate table of the Jeep, and I just grin. I just, I can't help it. I'm just like this is unbelievable. I, I cannot believe that I'm on this continent actually just exploring and I can go wherever I want today. I just drive off and find elephants if I want. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely life-changing and mind-blowing at the same time.
1: Oh, and the thing I was going to ask, uh, I guess you would, maybe you don't, but I would guess you would see other people doing expeditions uh, occasionally there in Africa. Just kind of curious, what kind of vehicles are they driving?
4: Yeah, definitely. There are there are a lot more people driving around down here than, than even I thought or knew. And actually, now that I'm in Southern Africa, so all of kind of Namibia, Botswana, South Africa, these places, they're absolutely prime to go to national parks and see animals and everything. And it's all easy. It, you know, it's all it's sort of like driving, you know, around the western US or something. And what you can do is all of the car rental companies they have things like four-wheel drive Toyota Hiluxes with, like, a slide-in camper on the back of it. And you can just rent it right from Avis right at the airport. Oh, my goodness. So, like, a ready-to-go expedition vehicle, you know, it has a fridge, it has a rooftop tent, it has, you know, um, max tracks and a winch. It's, it's literally got an Avis sticker on the side of it, and it's just sitting in the lot. And so, you can, you can fly into any of these countries... And within half an hour, drive away in like an absolute ready-to-go expedition vehicle and then just roam Southern Africa for, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Um, so, I've bumped into a lot of people doing that, which is really, really cool because, you know, they have a full-time job or they, they live in France or Australia or wherever. And they're like, yeah, I, I just want to see a bit of Africa and I've never been here before. And they pick up this vehicle from the airport and they're good to go. Um, so, that's, that's a really, really amazing way to do it and, and lots of people do. And then there's also people that have driven down here, like me. Maybe they've driven from Europe down the east coast. is a common route, um, and they're in Land Rover Defenders usually, or uh, Land Cruiser Troopies. But so, like the 70 series Land Cruiser is is probably the vehicle of choice. Um, and then there's also like Germans in big Unimogs, oh, um, and yeah. then there, there's people in like big Mercedes trucks and MAN trucks. You know, that have that have like a camper on the back of them that maybe is worth half a million euros. And and these people spend, like, 10 months a year driving around Africa because that's what they want to do with their lives.
1: That's just amazing. So
4: Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's really – there are a lot more people visiting here and driving around and having the time of their lives than, than you would ever think.
1: Has that changed since you've been down there? Has it increased or has it been basically the same level uh, since uh, day one?
4: Oh, no, definitely. So, I came down the west coast of Africa – and that route is very uncommon. There very, very few people drive that. Uh, it's much more difficult in terms of visas and roads and infrastructure and everything. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Um, but now, southern Africa and, and a lot of eastern Africa, it's very, very common to travel. And so, much, much more people now that I'm bumping into.
1: Are you getting bored because it's so easy there in southern, southern Africa? <laughs>
4: Uh, bored isn't quite the right word, but I am. I'm getting excited to go have new adventures in, you know, more interesting places. You know, because especially South Africa, like it has shopping malls that look exactly like the US. You, you can't <laughs> oh, tell no. the difference.
1: There, all is, the
4: stores. The all the stores you recognize. All the brand names. You can swipe your credit card. There's just it. You know, the roads are perfect. So it's, you know, it's, it's nice. I'm enjoying the luxury, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be pretty fun to go find some dirt roads in Uganda and Rwanda and places like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's great. It's great for the people there because they get those modern conveniences. Uh, But, uh, but I think I know what you mean. Uh, And I may have told this last time, my wife and I I drove over to Mexico uh, and we went uh, to uh, Monclova and (laughs) I was a little disappointed for my first time in another country, especially Mexico to uh drive down a major uh, highway and see a, a water burger and a Chili's. and <laughs> I'm like oh man right. this isn't this isn't the mexico that i thought i was going to see so yeah i can certainly uh relate with that now you mentioned uh, earlier uh I, I forget exactly where you said it was but you were like all day long uh in low range uh with lockers on i was curious what lockers that you have on there unless it's a rubicon i just didn't uh, can't tell if you've got a rubicon or not
4: Right, yeah, it is a Rubicon. Okay, so so factory lockers. uh, Factory driveline, actually. So the the standard D44 diffs uh, and then the standard e-lockers. And uh, they've been brilliant. I I use them a lot and I really like them.
1: So just uh, the push button on the dash and uh, you're locked up and you go. That's right, exactly. Very, very nice, very convenient.
4: Oh, and yeah, probably my only complaint is, you know, you can't use them in four-wheel high, um, which... I, often, I find I spend a lot of time in four-wheel high, like first gear or second gear, because you, you know, you're sort of moving along at a decent speed, but it would be nice to be able to even just flick on the rear locker for little things, but you know, I have to stop, go into low range, get through the thing, and then get out of low range again. Um, so I, and I know I could get a trail dash or something like that that mm-hmm. lets me use the lockers in high range. Uh, but I I don't have anything like that, and and so I mean they work really well. So maybe it's a good thing that I can't use them in high range because well, this way I can't break them.
1: Yeah, that's a shame. That's one of the nice things about Jeeps is having the ability to uh, manipulate it the way you best see fit. And yeah. uh, that's a shame that they did it that way. I'm 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 sure they did it to, to try to protect uh, uh, less knowledgeable people.
4: Yeah, I would think so. And and I do have to say though, not having to deal with locking hubs uh, is oh, one yeah. of the greatest things that I love because sometimes if i'm around other people or, or following someone you know in a land cruiser you don't need to lock in the hubs until you need to lock in the hubs when you've already driven into the big mud pit right and so you're in the middle of a mud pit and then it's like oh now we have to lock in the hubs so they have to get out of the car in like knee-deep mud whereas you know with the jeep it's like you just pull the lever and away you go <laughs> are we stopping so, it again
1: uh, let's go you know yeah
4: <laughs> i definitely appreciate that not having to get out and lock the hubs is is great and I don't know, call me lazy, but I I don't think I'll ever have a car with locking hubs.
1: Well, you know, that's one of the things that machines are supposed to do for us, is make things easier, and uh, in this case, get from point A to point B. Now, the other thing I was curious about, and I don't know if I asked about this before, was uh, the food. What is the most interesting thing that you've
4: eaten there? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't gotten very exotic, I have to say. I, (laughs) I usually pride myself on kind of eating everything that's on offer. Um, But certainly there was monkey available. Um, And monkey is one of the ways that you can catch a bowler. So I have never eaten monkey. Um, I did eat a thing, I guess the translation was hard to understand for me in French, but it was was kind of like a bush pig, I guess, maybe an overgrown rat. Um, And that was like a really gamey flavour. It was actually, I almost couldn't eat it, Um, but it was spicy. And so it was really nice. And then actually, uh, just recently I was in a country where they're selling big worms so, I don't actually know. They're, they're kind of like furry. They almost look like big caterpillars. And I haven't eaten one yet. Oh, they haven't cute baskets for sale. And, and every time I ask about it, the person's like, oh, yeah, you can just try one for free. And I'm always like, eh, I, uh, I don't need to. Thanks.
1: <laughs> uh, also, too, I almost forgot. Uh, you had a visitor uh, come uh, stay with you for a few days uh, from a, uh, a magazine here in the States, didn't you?
4: That's right. Yeah. The, the editor of JP Freak Adventure magazine, his name's Eric Walton. Uh, and yeah, he's the editor of that magazine. He flew out to South Africa and then traveled with me in the Jeep for about 10 days. We went through a lot of South Africa and then up into the mountains of Lesotho. And so he got to see a border crossing and, and then we went down onto the wild coast of South Africa and, and got really remote there on some four-wheel drive tracks. So I got to ask, where did he sleep? <laughs> Such a popular question. And, <laughs> and I'll phrase that for you if you like, because I'm six foot two and Eric is six foot six or seven. Oh Eric is a very large person. Uh, and so actually we both slept inside the pop-up roof. Wow. Uh, what yeah, a, what yeah. a trooper. I mean, it's, the bed's seven feet long, so it's plenty long enough, but it is actually only four feet wide. Um, so you definitely get friendly with, uh, with whoever you're sharing the space with
1: was there any moment are you asleep? i'm not asleep let's go look at the stars
4: (laughs) no i think i think what would happen in the evening is you know we'd sort of climb upstairs and then both like roll away and like you know face out and then and then it was like you just do your thing and i'll do my thing yeah yeah no no snoring it was the deal (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh, you know you know it's funny sometimes we talk about things like this and And like living out of a out of a jeep, you know, it's inconvenient. You know, when there's mosquitoes or when it's muddy or when it's raining, especially when it's raining, it's 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 a difficult kind of you know setup. But or or sharing the roof roof tent with a with a large man. But the positives and the benefits they just so far outweigh all of those things that you just overlook them. You just you know sometimes you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I kind of have slightly stale bread and and you know peanut butter for breakfast, and you're like. But it's okay because look where I am. Right. Like, you know, today I'm going to go and see an elephant. And, and so I, I can tolerate, you know, a week old bread and, and peanut butter for breakfast. So yeah, it's funny. You know, there, there are negatives for sure, but they just kind of they pale in comparison to the positives.
1: So was this your first guest while you've been on this expedition?
4: Eric was my first guest. Yep. And then actually, my girlfriend has recently flown in. And now my girlfriend and I are traveling together uh hopefully for the remainder of the trip up the east coast
1: wow that's great i bet you it's very nice having some company especially somebody that you care about that you can share these scenes with uh one-on-one and and the interaction with the people i think would be the other great thing uh that you'd be able to share with her
4: yeah that's right it is it does make it feel more real to be able to share it with somebody else and and you know just even be able to talk about it a week later be like oh remember when we saw those elephants It definitely, having another person does make it seem more real.
1: So, uh, I know there doesn't have to be, but I feel that there's going to be an end to this uh, adventure, your adventure, uh, adventuring eventually. Uh, Mm. Have you considered what you're going to do, how you're going to live in life uh, in a normal house and uh, et cetera, or is the plan to keep doing this as long as you possibly can?
4: Um, I mean, the money will run out undoubtedly so um there is there is no unlimited option uh so i think we're excited to uh to start a new adventure which maybe is like build some sort of house um we live way up in in the yukon right next to alaska and so you know it's the kind of place where you can build your own log cabin and you can you can live off grid and you can kind of be out of the town Mm -hmm. so yeah we, we realize we'll probably never be able to live in a city again so cities don't really interest us but, but yeah, we're excited about what the next chapter might be and, and what kind of adventure that will take.
1: Now, I would think, uh, especially having gone through this and having to try to get internet, wherever you live, you'd probably like to have a high-speed internet.
4: <laughs> yeah. High-speed internet is one of those things that's really nice to have. That yeah. and a hot shower uh-huh. and and you're having a pretty good day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's me. I'd love to be out in the middle of nowhere, but I would want high speed internet. I, I, I would love to be able to just do podcasting from a cabin way out in the woods. It would just be, yeah. The, I think that'd be it'd a be blast, nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be this really be a blast. And the only other the downside to it would be uh, you know WalMarts are big here, uh, especially in Texas, and it's very nice just to be very close to at least within thirty minutes of Walmart, so you can run down and get stuff. But you know if Amazon delivers in the woods, I'm okay with that too.
4: <laughs> That's right. And and what's amazing is like you really like living in a small vehicle, you can only have so much stuff, you know, you, you just can't have everything. It doesn't fit and it's too heavy. And so you really start to you really start to get an appreciation of like, "Oh, I just don't need to buy stuff. I just don't need anything else." And, and sometimes I th- see things for sale and I think that'd be really nice to have, but I don't need it. I you know, I I can cook everything that I want and, and I have all my camera gear and I have really comfortable sleeping and like that's enough. That's everything you need. So sometimes it, it's kind of nice to not have the option to buy stuff because then you just end up buying less stuff.
1: Yeah, that's true. And uh, mm. you don't have garage sales that way too, especially if you don't have a garage. Well, Dan Yeah, I, that's
4: right. Dan, I, think I can't we, we pretty much just use all of our stuff until it wears out or breaks. So there, there's no need to sell anything when it's used because it just is it's finished.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, well, well, Dan, I've had so much fun talking to you again. Thank you very much for making the time to uh, to come on to the show and uh, share this wonderful adventure. Uh, and you say you're about halfway. So you probably have uh, close to two years before you're finished up with this expedition.
4: Um, I think close, less than a year is the current plan. It, it'd be nice to be finished like late this year or really early 2019. That's the, that's the current plan. We'll, we'll see what happens.
1: All right. Well, good. Well, we'll, we'll definitely have to get back with you uh, a lot sooner than uh, the time between the first interview and this interview. Uh, so you let us know whenever, uh, whenever you're available and we will be available because I know our audience absolutely loved uh, the first interview, I mean, this is a dream for a lot of people, even though mm-hmm. those that hate bugs and hate animals and don't like being outside. There's still uh, those moments that they would love to uh, to have. And this will be the closest that, that they'll be able to do it. That You know, they're, they're being realistic. They're not going to go off and do this. I think it's very interesting, though, that you can actually go out and rent an expedition vehicle and drive around for a couple of weeks, which is probably much more conducive to people's uh, pocketbook. And, uh, you know, there are two weeks of vacation they get every year. So that's that was very interesting to me because that this means people could just, uh, uh, you know, sure, dump a lot of money to fly out to Africa and do this. But uh, that would be a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity as well. So I'm really glad you shared that. Uh, now, we mentioned uh, the, uh, the the website, the road uh, You're on Instagram. Uh, also, the road chose me. And uh, where else can people find you?
4: I'm also on Facebook and YouTube as well. I'm I'm filming a video series as I move around, and so I'm trying really hard to show kind of like day to day what it actually looks like in my world.
1: Oh crap! I, don't, I think I think you mentioned that last time, and I didn't. Uh, I don't think I subscribed to that. I am want to subscribe to that. It, 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 is it also the Road Shows Me? It is. Yep. And also too, you have a book. Uh, is that? And uh, sorry, I was just going to ask about Amazon, but I see right there it's uh, on sale at Amazon. The Road Shows Me Volume One. Uh so it says 2 years and 40,000 miles. My gosh.
4: <laughs> so you from Alaska to Argentina. Yeah. That's right. So I've I finally published my first book uh and it's been 2 years of work. It's been a lot of work and and it's all about the the lessons that I learned and the characters that I met and the adventures that I had driving from Alaska to Argentina. Uh that really changed my life, it opened my eyes and and I learned so much and I I've written it all down and so people can uh can see what the adventure was actually like uh, for for all of that time.
1: Uh, and are there any other books in the works?
4: Uh, there are books in the works, definitely. Uh, there will be a volume two of that. Mm-hmm. So there will be an Africa uh, some some shape or form. And I want to. I'm I'm planning to do a photo book as well, like a, a coffee table book of of some of my best photos. Um, and I think I'll I'll write a guidebook as well of Africa. I think. When you're here, you can, you can get so much information and so much knowledge that now to me is kind of just easy. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that border is easy to cross. But the, if you're not on the continent, that information is really hard to come by. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to put all of that down into a guidebook.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea because uh, that is something that you really have to experience. You either have to be local and live there. Uh, and that would be very just uh, one dimensional, that one place. But having to go through all of this and writing it down in the book, that would be very uh, valuable to somebody that wants to do the same thing you're doing.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I hope people will find value in it. I really, I really enjoy helping other people get out there and, and showing and demonstrating, you know, it is possible to live your dreams. If, if you work hard and you really stay focused, you can make something like this happen. It really is possible.
1: Excellent. Well, Dan, thank you again so much for making time to talk to us. And uh, everybody go over there and uh, buy Dan's book, uh, The Road Shows Me. Check him out on uh, – are you on the Facebook as well?
4: That's right. Yeah, The Road Shows Me on Facebook as well.
1: So Facebook, Instagram, and uh, go. I, you you got to go over to theroadshowsme.com and look at some of these pictures. Uh, it looks like Dan's nosed up to a, a great crevasse uh, in, the, uh, in the dirt here, and I, I'm not quite sure what he did. You have to go and look. Uh, what is it? Looping – Uh, Less Though Part 2. L-E-S-O-T-H-O. So I'm going to have to go read that one and find out what you did. I get the feeling you just looked at that. I don't think you drove through that.
4: (laughs) Uh, I I don't think I drove through that, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dan, thank you again very, very much.
4: Oh, you're so welcome. It was a real pleasure, and I look forward to doing it again. And despite it being
0: God knows what hour of the morning, he decided to take the time to uh, talk with the Jeep Talk Show. Big thanks to Dan Grek, uh for uh, well, talking about Africa. Good Lord, what a trip.
3: No kidding. Oh, <laughs>
1: can you imagine? I just don't think I could do it. Dan actually had it pretty good because it was like three o'clock in the afternoon where he was. It was early morning for me. Oh, so there's the other way around this time. Well, that's probably what you—you know—a
0: little bit of karma for that uh, at marketing. Uh, guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: Time zones. Who needs to know about time zones? <laughs> it was a lot of Wait. fun. It was a lot of fun talking to Dan again, and I really appreciate him making time for us. So once again, don't forget—it is our second interview with Dan Grek, and you need to go and do a search over at JeepTalkShow.com. Uh, and just put in Dan Grek or The Road Chose Me, and you can go back and listen to that first episode. And then it kind of, you know, looks like a bookend. You got the two. It's not going to be our last episode with Dan. I know that. Oh so, no! Uh, He's got a little more, a little more, a uh, little more miles in front of him. Doesn't only he? halfway there. I mean, uh, you know, it's a, that's a hell of a trip, a hell of an adventure.
3: No kidding! No kidding.
0: Well, you may not having to be uh, circumnavigating Africa, but uh, you might have a good Jeep story. Nonetheless, do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Well, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest.
1: Coming up next week, JJ Sylvia from Ocean State Jeepers will be here to talk about Go Topless Day. You remember that thing back on May 19th? Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about it because it's just that cool.
2: From the mind of Nikki
4: G! Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Tony, I don't know what uh, all this fuss about Atlas is. Uh, I've got several of them in my house. I keep one in every vehicle, one in the living room. And it's got a list of all the roads in the United States. You get them from Walmart, $12.95. Hold on, I'm going to ask him. And, uh...
3: Anyhow, no, uh,
0: Skrapslot wanted me to tell you that all this time he never knew
4: Sheboykin was a place he thought it was a Jewish pastry. <laughs> <laughs> there, I told him nobody's laughing. Can I have my ball back now? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Boy, painful. Girls, I'll uh, catch you later. You have a good one. Bye.
1: I <laughs> that's I didn't know that Nikki G has to go through my, that much uh, effort uh, to have to tell a joke. Really, I thought, I thought Wendy kept those, but uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You must have needed this every day.
2: I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep.
0: And this week we've got something that fits right into the thing that I always preach is one of the most important aspects of off-roading, and that's recovery. And, uh, well, this thing is definitely going to help your recovery game a lot. This is the High Lift LM100 Lift Mate. It allows any high lift jack to lift a wheel or a vehicle directly from the wheel. Many trucks, SUVs and of course many of our Jeeps have larger tires and or lift kits that can prevent the use of a standard high lift jack. LiftMate is designed to operate in a manner that allows the wheel of a vehicle, the wheel or a vehicle to be lifted directly from the wheel directly, greatly reducing the amount of, of travel up the jack bar required to lift the wheel. And so, basically, it's a Y-strap with hooks for your high-lift off-road jack. It's pretty cool. It has a 5,000-pound lift capacity, which you think, well, my Jeep uh, is a lot more than that. But you're only lifting up one corner at a time, so we have to divide by four. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Rubber-coated hooks protect wheels. uh, And the rubber pad protects both the tire and the wheel at the lifting point on the jack. And the cool part is this thing is less than forty bucks, and comes with free shipping if you buy it through Amazon. And we'll have a link that you can do that with on the show notes for this episode over at JeepTalkShow.com.
1: I never understood this thing. I, I saw it in the catalog. It looks nice. You know, you're you're in that uh, buying mode as Tammy often is, and uh, I, I I thought well, this is cool. It doesn't cost much money. But how do you get the tire off if you're changing the tire if it's hooked to the tire? Ah, you're not always necessarily (laughs) changing a tire. This could
0: be to get some sort of traction device or, you know, rocks or twigs, whatever you need to do to get some extra traction underneath of that tire. Or let's say you're at a Jeep show and you're just at a show and shine and you want to stage up your rig and you want to get those opposite wheels up in the air. And there's no way to do that because you don't have RTI ramps that you can just pull out of your pocket. Well, you do have one of these things. And a couple of cinder blocks and well, you're good to go. And now you're all of a sudden that one articulated Jeep that how did he get there like that? So it's not only cool off road, it's also cool in the parking lot as well, uh, especially when you get out and you start staging up your Jeep in front of 7-Eleven and everybody wonders what the <laughs> hell you're doing. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at that look at that fool what the hell is you he doing out there in the middle of the ocean oh this is just how I park I'm just gonna get a slurpy real quick
1: <laughs> mall crawling so anyway uh, that's a good point you can actually use it to, to enhance the traction you, that wheels down in a rut and uh, it's not going anywhere uh, you've pressed all the uh, tammy buttons on the dash and uh, it ain't going so now you gotta get out and do some work. Tom Wood has been doing only four-wheel
0: drive, drive shafts, and Slippy Oak eliminators for 20 years now. And as an American-owned and operated company, they provide solutions trusted by your average weekend wheeler all the way up to the rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers. If you have a Jeep, Tom Wood's custom drive shafts has a solution for you. Using their in-house developed Gold Seal Universal joints, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its weakest and most abused points. And if you're concerned about warranties, well, it doesn't get any better than their trail hazard protection. But weld ever breaks, they're going to take care of it. The gold seal universal joint breaks, they're going to take care of it. But they're also going to take care of any damage that was caused to the driveshaft. Those other companies, well, they're just going to throw a new U-joint in your hand and send you on your way. Tom Woods loves Jeeps, and in fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion. And so do his employees. Tom Woods custom driveshafts are always shipped, completed, balanced, greased, and ready to install. They pay attention to the finest details so you are less likely to run into any issues. If you've ever experienced a driveshaft problem, you know just how important this can be. When you research custom driveshafts, there is just one name that tops all the lists. Tom Woods. Trust them with one of the most critical parts of your driveline. And from now until the end of June, that's June 30th, you can get 10% off your entire order using the exclusive Jeep Talk Show promo code. At checkout, just enter JTS18-1. That's JTS18-1. And you'll get the exclusive discount. The promo code is is not valid with any other offer or discount or promotion and is only good until the end of June. So don't delay or you're going to pay a lot more. Visit Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts today. Just go to www.4xshaft.com. That's www.4xshaft.com. Hey, guys. It's Nate. This is
2: your weekly pronunciation guide, Tammy. I don't know if it's pronounced Maprika or Maprika or whatever. I call it invaluable. That that app is awesome. I don't know if
1: you covered it. I may have missed it, but you can also track your friends on the app, which is great, uh, especially if you're guiding with a couple of groups or if you're the part of like a, a larger group that uh, that has more than one uh, group of jeeps out on the trail. It's it's really handy. So uh, yeah, whenever I go to AOA, I can see how. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for almost calling in. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he saw just far enough to drive off the edge of the trail. Where'd you go? <laughs> and, you know, that brings up a good point. Uh, this thing will work just fine on the trail to track your friends if you have cell service, you know, if you have that Internet ability on your phone. Right. So, obviously, if you're in a situation uh, in an area that doesn't have good cell coverage, uh, your mileage may vary. Hey,
3: folks, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to have some Wheeling Wear
1: well you know my cherokee has uh, certainly got some love here recently uh as you may be aware uh i uh recently received an atlas transmission case the atlas no, two speed are you, are you guys familiar with it? it it shows you maps and places you can go all around the world um <laughs> referring to nikki g's comment uh but uh so uh the the atlas came in uh last week monday of uh, of last week and is that right? No, it's not right. That was a holiday, so it was a week ago. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a couple of weeks now. So anyway, uh, the after after a long wait, the Atlas came in, and I installed it uh, last Monday. And uh, now all I'm, day. Oh yeah, now I'm waiting for um, uh, my Tom Woods uh, custom driveshaft 1350 U uh, joint uh, driveshaft to uh, come in which is supposed to be in on Tuesday. Actually, I shouldn't have said that. There are going to be people camping out waiting for the driveshaft to be delivered so they can steal it and run away with it. Um, (laughs) But uh, I've been thinking about other modifications I need to do because really this Atlas is going to be my solution to my continual problem of stretching chains on the transfer case. Now, I I, I don't know if I've bitched about this enough for you guys to remember it, but there were two occasions that I was leaving to go on a wheeling trip. Honestly, I was. Taking the Jeep off-road. And I checked the four-wheel drive prior to you know making that long trek out there and pop, 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 pop of the chain, the stretch chain over the, the gears, the internal gears. Uh, so there was two times I could have gone off-roading that uh, I wasn't able to because of uh, equipment failure. So I'm doing away with the chain. There is no chain in the Atlas. I'm hoping that this is the Long, long-lasting solution for this issue, and I'm really looking forward to going off-road. However, I'm concerned about other weak points because you—everybody knows—and Tammy, I think you're aware of this too—that you don't uh, bulletproof your rig. You just move the weak point. So you beef up one area; it's gonna—the weak point's gonna be someplace else down the line because all that thigh bone connected to the knee bone crap. So. I'm thinking about, um, and, and, and I want your, your input on this and, and the listeners as well. Um, I'm thinking about uh, chrome molly uh, axle shafts on the Dana 30, a, a known weak point uh, for the Dana 30. Uh, simply don't want to get out there and not have a transfer case issue, but <laughs> have a, an axle shaft break on me. What, what do you guys think?
0: I'm going to uh, to recommend no. And and, uh, and I'm going to give you a real-world example as to why. Uh, One of the guys that was in a club who I'm no longer associated with um, had sort of gone through one of these, I'm going to make my axles as bomb-proof as I can. Uh, He had the oversized uh, uh, drive shafts. He had his knuckles all done up. He had his shafts all dialed in super chromoly, uh, 31 spline. I mean, just went above and beyond. And pretty much didn't have a weak link left in, in, you know, everything from the transfer case out, or so he thought. Uh, and that was until he got into a precarious position, which wheeling and, and whatnot, you will occasionally get yourself into something. And he couldn't quite get himself out of it without some breakage. And what happened was instead of just breaking a shaft or stretching an ear, um, you know, uh, breaking a U joint, something like that, he completely grenaded his differential. Now, that's a lot harder to limp away off the trail from than a broken axle. And it's also a lot harder to do a trail repair or to even really fix. I mean, I I think you ended up ultimately having to replace the axle altogether. Um, So when you start chasing down the weak point and by upgrading this and upgrading that and, and eventually you're just moving that weak point further down the line, You're going to get to a point of where that weak point is going to be somewhere where you really don't want it to be. Now, I know that, you know, you think of a a broken axle shaft as the end of the world. God, that's going to be a pain in the butt. But trust me, replacing an axle shaft on the trail is a lot easier than dealing with a grenaded differential. Because at that point, once the differential is grenaded, you're going to have to basically scoop everything out and hope to goodness that you can keep your axle shafts and your, 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 your wheels and everything connected to the point of where you can limp off the trail uh, because you're not moving anywhere with a grenaded differential.
1: So uh, one thing I did, uh, did not mention this time, but I, you know, uh, the, I'm sure you're aware of, uh, I have uh, ARB uh, air lockers uh, to be installed. So my concern is is locking that front uh, Dana 30 and having the standard axle shafts in there, um, I don't think that I'll grenade an ARB uh, air locker. What are, What are your thoughts? You can you can think that. <laughs> I've
0: I've seen them fail. Uh, I, I've seen aspects of uh, of them fail. I, I, I've I mean they they are not bulletproof. They're they're not bombproof. Yes, they are probably what I would consider one of the most reliable. Um, uh, uh, locking devices out there. But uh, I know guys that won't touch ARB with a 10-foot pole uh, because, you know, there are things out there that have less components that can fail. Um, you know, the, it, are there things that are stronger? Well, that's that's certainly up for debate. Um, but and again, it, it's one of these things of where, well, you know, if I'm going to put in these axle shafts that absolutely will not break, And I've got um, a differential, you know, I've got differential components in there that they say, you know, are, are, you know, ultimately almost bomb proof, you know, what, what's left? Well, you've got gears in there. Well, sure. They're, you know, they're, they're, you know, aftermarket, they're supposed to be stronger and all that. Well, they're larger. You have a deeper gear set than you do factory. That means there's less, you know, teeth
1: connection than there would be ordinarily.
0: So you know, there's just there's there's a lot of things, there's a lot of factors that start adding up. And, well, and the so reason why I
1: mentioned that was is that I can understand that if you have a, a standard open diff differential uh, in mm-hmm. there, uh, the uh, the carrier is just a standard one, that uh, it may not be as strong as the ARB. And anything can be broken. I understand that, but I'm just thinking that uh, then the reason why I asked was with. Uh, considering there'll be an ARB uh, airlocker in there, basically an ARB uh, uh, differential, um, that might be a little stronger and might be more apt to axle breakage. Now, of course, the, the axle, axle shaft breakage is going to be uh, con- uh, controlled a lot by the skinny pedal, uh, how much uh, effort you put into it. But so that's the that's the direction I was going with that, was just uh, if, if that changed your opinion at all with the AR- ARB airlocker uh, instead of the... Uh, say, a factory differential.
0: Now, that's one particular decision I've, I've really made a, a purposeful point to, to kind of avoid a little bit. I've, I've had the opportunity I've really thought about going chromoly shafts or cryo-treated shafts and whatnot, but I really like the idea and having the convenience and the cost aspect Of being able to, out on the trail, very conveniently and easily slap in a junkyard axle shaft if I break something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's a lot easier to do than than to rebuild my differential out on the trail. And I've got junkyard axle shafts. And it's one of those things to where, yeah, having these spares, it kind of gives me a little bit of extra confidence. Yeah, I can approach this a little more aggressively because if I do break, I know that it's likely going to be breaking here or here, and I've got spares for that.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Josh, show me on this doll where your mp two forty two hurt you.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's uh, it's been neglected, uh, definitely. No, it's not done yet. Okay, people. <laughs> Jeez, now I, I did. It, obviously, we're coming out of a uh, of a little bit of a holiday weekend here, and uh, and I I took it upon myself to take a little bit of extra time off. I've been putting in a lot of hours at work, and and I haven't taken any any time off really. Uh, for for a while, so it was you know it was time that I I kind of got some decompression. Went out and got uh, got some camping. Took a nice long three day camping trip and and got out in the wilderness and and it was it was nice. So, but uh, unfortunately uh, the jeep uh, was neglected because of that. Uh, but uh, but I do have another weekend coming up, and I think that I've got time this weekend. Uh, set aside for the jeep so yeah that's what's going to happen
1: so uh did you get a time frame on uh, when your atlas is going to be delivered i mean should you even mess with the 242 <laughs> <laughs> oh funny guy now i wish uh
0: those, those are pipe dreams over here man uh th- those are uh, that, that's something way down the road for this guy but for now uh, it'll just be a, a rebuilt 242 uh which has been plenty strong uh for everything that I've put it through um uh, at least the the, the original two forty two so you bastard. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why mine kept messing up I, I, I just it's just strange and and other people that I've spoken to about it the people in the know don't understand it, so
0: yeah, I don't know that's uh, that's one of those weird ones that uh i mean it's you know people have heard of those you know dana thirty dana thirty fives that uh you know they you just look at them sideways and they grenade. I just blow up, and uh, and then there's those that you know the guys are running 44 inch tires on them and just just yeah. hammer the living you know what out of them and it's just like how is that thing still holding together you know so it could just be a, a bad 242 who knows
1: well there's uh, uh I can't remember what it is now there was uh I think somebody gave us a five star review and uh, here recently and made comment about uh, need more uh, uh, wheeling information or more more stories about wheeling so I guess it's up to Tammy. As Tony and Josh, you know, <laughs> that was a I, I, I know. Facebook review. Yeah, yeah, you saw that one. Oh well, look,
0: I, I have. Yeah. I mean, I can dig one out of the archives for you guys. And I've got a lot of seat time under my belt. But uh, no, fair, yeah, you no, we, like, we like the stuff that's you know current and and people, relevant.
1: People are gonna bitch. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's all part of the game. So it's it's cool. But we're gonna fix that, aren't we, Josh? Yes, yes, we must certainly I think he was are. just giving you guys grief. Of course, that's what I'm saying. It's part of the game. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely want to go, and I'm so looking forward to actually being able to go, go to do these things and uh, get a lot of video and a lot of stills to, to share with everybody. Well, speaking of doing things, Tammy, in fact, has got another
0: trip planned, yes. going Tomorrow. out again, making, making us look bad. Actually, I'll be look um, good.
3: I'll be heading to Crawlin' for Cops at Roush Creek. Um, it's a charity event, of course, for um, a police officer fund. Um, it's for families who um, who when their their police officer father or mother or whatever when they you know if they die in the line of duty, this fund helps the families. Um, anyway, it's I'm heading out tomorrow. Tomorrow, starting at 2 to about 10, there's going to be vendors, vendors, vendors. So, I'll be checking in with all them, handing out some Jeep Talk Show stickers that I have and stuff. And then Saturday, I will be wheeling some blues. And there's lots of people that I know on social media that I've never met that are going to be there. Oh, so, that's I'm perfect. kind of ex- yeah, cool. I'm excited about that. Yeah. One of them is, um, I don't know, a couple episodes back, I read you guys um, this message from um, a Jeep mom who was inspired by me. And she just recently took a trip trip to Moab. She was afraid to go. Oh,
1: yeah. uh, Yeah, I remember that. She died, right? Because of the... Oh, no. Fell off the the side of the mountain or something all Um, because of you? No, not Um, at all.
3: (laughs) So, anyway, she's going to be there. The Bearded Jeeper is going to be there. He's a YouTuber. Um, And just some other people I'm sure I'll run into. But I'm excited to go wheeling at Roush Creek. I haven't been there in a while. So, um, it's just a day trip. I'm actually probably, I know you guys are going to get mad at me for this, but um, I'm probably going to give my raffle ticket away. Because I want to head back early because I all of a sudden got into hockey. And the Capitals are in the Stanley Cup and they're playing Saturday night at 8.
1: Well, make sure you uh, wear some so, uh, teeth protection.
3: Yes. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll see what the prizes are, um, or the raffle prizes, before I leave.
1: So. All if right. There's a chance of a winch. She'll stay. I
3: know. I know exactly.
1: <laughs> and if that winch has a beer. So uh, here's a here's a a little uh, r- uh, riddle for you guys. What is this sound? The extra um, bolts that you have left over after putting your transfer case together. These uh, they're these are on loan from Wendy. These are uh, Nikki G's uh, uh, testicles.
3: Oh my
0: god.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's oh, nutty. No, no. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, that was half right. Nuts and bolts. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> what I have here is uh, some Jeep talk show. Uh, what do you call them? Buttons? Like the, you know, that they use for campaigns for like uh, presidential things. I like Ike oh, type yeah. thing. So yeah, I, I ordered yeah. some uh, some Jeep talk show buttons. Uh, yeah, the oh TSA gosh. calls those weapons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So uh, I, I know it won't help you out this uh, for this uh, wheeling event that you're going to tomorrow, Tammy, but I'm going to send you out uh, some of these buttons, and I'm going to trust Josh that he's actually going to fix this, this 242 transfer case, and I'm going to send some to him that you guys can hand out. Now, this isn't a big order. This is just something I wanted to see what it looked like from uh, our friends over at Sticker Mule, and uh, they're really cool uh, buttons. They're white, and they have the uh, Patriotic uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, logo on them. And, oh, uh, so
3: it's not a picture of me?
1: Oh. No. Oh. Uh,
3: <laughs> I thought maybe it's a big picture of me. But anyway, no, I thought kidding. I thought
1: you guys would have fun uh, wearing one of these when you're talking to people. Uh, Josh, maybe not so much, <laughs> but Tammy certainly. And uh, you can't give them away unless they say, oh, that's a cool button. Can I have it? You can only give the right. one that you're wearing. Okay. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, I also got some uh, refrigerator magnets, some Jeep talk show refrigerator magnets, which now it, that's actually something that I can use. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, if you if you follow us on Instagram, you can see a little video that I did uh, of our refrigerator with all the little crap stuff that's on uh, on refrigerators that you would expect to see pictures of uh, of loved ones and stuff. And then you as I pan over, you get to see the the Jeep Talk show uh, logo. Now, Tammy and Josh, you may not care for it because it's red, but it'll sure stand out. I'll also be sending you guys some stickers because that was the the reason, the primary reason for the order was uh, getting some more stickers since we were all, all right, out of stickers. Was just about to start penciling my resignation here. About-
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. We want stickers. We want stickers.
1: So I'll be sending those uh, out to you guys. Uh, I, I got to send out my uh, my drive shaft, my front, uh, the rear drive shaft, the Tom Woods drive shaft that I had. Uh, Tom's going to rebuild that one for me and uh, size it properly to be my front drive shaft. So. I'll uh, I'll be shipping that one out tomorrow. So I'll get these uh, buttons and magnets and uh, stickers out to you, so that you'll have uh, available to you whenever you can. You, you can hand out to the individuals that you that you meet.
3: And you Wait, know so. that I I was just going to say you know I have a Tom Woods drive shaft. So you that got was 2 before. don't you? I just have the front. Oh, that's I, right. Uh, yeah, because the recepa but, joint. So at that time, they weren't handing out Jeep Talk Show stickers, so Uh can I keep one for myself? You may not,
1: but thanks for asking.
3: (laughs) In the contract, (laughs) we're sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm anxious to see if I'm getting one from Tom Woods when the drive shaft comes in. You know, that's the joke.
0: (laughs) Right, you won't get one. No, the the joke here is that Tony's got two, Tammy's got
1: one, and I've got none. So
0: You don't have a Tom Woods
1: drive shaft at all? None. Not a one. What do you use it on the back? Uh, another front drive shaft for the uh yeah, it's, the it's, yeah, basically. That's a cool setup because if anything happens to it, you can always swap. I I, I love that redundancy. But yeah, of course, Tammy. Oh, good
3: idea.
1: Yeah, of course, Tammy. Well, uh if uh and you want a, a magnet, a uh, uh, a button, all that stuff, you know. Uh make sure take as many as do you the, like you know, i price. I'll send America. you a PayPal invoice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, these are events that are going to be
0: coming up around your woods and around the nation. And, uh, well, these are uh, some events you could probably get some stickers, some swag at at least. Uh, uh, this one, I know they always giving some good stuff out. Uh, Pistons Wild Motorsports presenting Life is a Journey 4x4 Poker Run. Uh, this is happening June 23rd in the Tillamook State Forest in the Browns Camp staging area. Uh, I'm going to be making it out to this one here. And this is going to be what about three weeks away as we're recording this. So, uh, yeah, clock is ticking for me. Uh, coming up uh, around the same time as somewhere else in the country, Bald Mountain OHV area in Bald Mountain, California, we have the Clovis Independent Four Wheelers presenting the Moodlight Madness Poker Run. Uh, this is happening June 23rd and 24th. We'll have uh, more information, no, a link for more information to that event happening June 28th through July 1st. The Northwest Overland Rally happening over on uh, well, off of Beer, Beaver Valley Road in Leavenworth, Washington. This is going to be a big one, guys. Uh, Tons of stuff going on on that one, Uh, so be sure to go check that out if you're going to be in the Northwest and you're into overlanding. And, of course, the second annual Ohio Jeep Fest happening July 6th through the 8th, Ross County Fairgrounds in Chillicote, Ohio. I think I said that right. I'm sure uh, Nate will help me out with the pronunciation (laughs) on that one. Uh, For more information on this one, head over to OhioJeepFest.com. This one is going to be big, guys, because they also are going to be having Colt Ford in concert Uh, There's going to be something for everyone, family-friendly event at this one, guys. And if you haven't been to one of these yet, God, you guys have got to get out. These are called Life-Changing Jeep Events. This is the 66th Annual Jeepers Jamboree happening July 26th through the 29th. This is a full guided and supported trip through the one and only world-renowned Rubicon Trail. For more information on this and how you can get involved... Oh my goodness! You got to get to get out to one of these kinds of jeepers, uh, Jeeper jamboree events. Head over to JeepersJamboree.com for more information.
1: Oh, and I'll just throw this in here. I'm going to be very optimistic, and I th- I think I have a right to be with uh, spending all this damn money on the transfer case. Uh, I'll be talking to you folks about uh, coming out with me, going wheeling uh, in Central Texas, Barnwell, uh, up around uh, Round Rock. Uh, I forget the name of the uh, the off road place um so uh look for that as far as uh, future uh an, a future event it won't be that far away because it ain't going to get any cooler in texas and if if you're in texas and you want to come wheel with me uh, i'd love to to meet you love to go out there hand you a sticker uh and uh, get some video i, I think it'd be a, a lot of fun it'd be, it'd be really cool to get uh, several uh uh, Jeep talk show listeners out there, and uh, all we all meet up and uh, uh, go off road for uh, a time. And, and besides that, I need some witnesses that I actually went off road. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you mean he actually owns a Jeep? <laughs> so you guys uh, the, just want to give you a heads up. Listen, keep listening to the show. Uh, we'll get something planned up, and uh, we'll head out there and uh, meet. And if you're not in Texas and you want to make a long drive, I'm fine with that. Uh, I kind of I kind of feel guilty about it, but. Uh, You know, maybe New Mexico, Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, Alaska. That's fine. You want to drive down, that's fine with me. But uh, listen to upcoming shows for uh, plans to to go out, and and I'll share what park uh, that I have in mind as well. Hey, do you know of
0: an off-road event coming up? Shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact.
3: Hey, folks, and don't forget to go over and check out my Jeep blog at JeepMama, dot com for my great Jeep journey I'm on.
0: Got a product, a business, or a phone tree you need a voice for? Check out my professional voiceover services at TheVoiceOfJosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. And don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to www.treadlightly.org. The statements, beliefs, accusations, odors, or incoherent ramblings experienced while listening to the Jeep Talk Show may not necessarily reflect those of the Jeep Talk Show, its hosts, or producers who cannot be held responsible for the crap that comes out of their mouths. Therefore, it is strongly urgent that you seek professional advice of your nearest Taco Procurement Center.
2: Podcasting since 2010.